I'm Nick Lerhoff with Scott Casper, and this is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Each week, we talk about a topic that many Iowans face every day, mental illness. We feature the expertise of doctors, therapists, and specialists who truly understand the challenges we are all facing. As a reminder, our show airs two times, Saturday mornings from 4 to 5 a.m. and 10 to 11 a.m. on Iowa's Hope and online at TalkTherapyTMHS.com. And this week, Nick, we got to welcome our new sponsor. Oh, wonderful. Sprott, uh, Scott Bruxford. You remember he was on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Price of a Hug is our new partner. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, we was, welcome him. He was terrific. Yeah. And he'll be uh, filling in for you when you're not here. Um, coming up on the, what, what, what are the dates again? I think August 13th and the 27th. 27th, right. Anyway, so... He's going to be bringing a lot of new guests to the show as well. So it's a, it's a great marriage, and we welcome him. And from the Financial Management Group Studios, he's Nick Learhoff. I'm Scott Casper. Welcome to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Our topic this week, prostate cancer and depression. Now, a lot of folks don't realize, um, you know, that, that uh, uh, hand and glove fit that goes with prostate cancer and depression, but how does it affect your mental state? And we're going to be talking with Mark Good. He is Mark Good, prostate cancer survivor, founder of Prostate Cancer Awareness Central Iowa, providing support and awareness to Iowans affected by prostate cancer. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. I feel really rough. It was a, it was a long night. I had oysters. <laughs> <laughs> but thank god they were good but um too many of them i think i, yeah. think I ate 110 oh wow yeah, yeah. well they're little guys those little ones <laughs> anyway welcome to the show mark living with prostate cancer can be a hard to deal with emotionally as well as physically and can affect how you feel just about uh how you were initially diagnosed because i know it it's something that runs in your family, but you didn't get a clean bill of health for about two years, right? That's correct. Um, I initially had gone to my internist for a uh, regular screening. You know, I was, I was about 50 years old, as men should do. Um, and he walked me into the, to, uh, his exam room, and after the, I had had the prostate test, he uh, said, uh, how you doing? How you feeling? It was just... We were kind of coming from asking those questions, and he said, your PSA is a little bit high. I'm like, what do you mean high? I had no knowledge. I, like most men, were ignorant of the subject, and um, it was uh, two, and it should have been one. Sent to the urologist, and series of biopsies um, there in uh, Fort Dodge at the time, and then two in Iowa City, and finally in uh, Des Moines, I had another biopsy over two years just for them to finally find my cancer. It was a needle in a haystack, so to speak. So that needle finally found the cancer. I, I think it's interesting. It took two years to be diagnosed. You know, Mark is, is a friend of ours. Um, but if you think about it, the doctors don't know because it's it could be being hidden behind a cloud, if you will. Uh, a cloud of, yeah. of biomass, uh, et cetera. But you, you insisted that, you know, there would be further tests taken based on your history. Well, when I first got my first PSA, I was the only one in the family with it. And I had six brothers, uh, four at the time, two had already passed away from other illnesses. But, um, and over those two years, two of my older brothers were diagnosed with prostate cancer. So as it kept going up, eight and finally 12, um, I had a family history, but I never knew it because I didn't, it hadn't come out at that time. And I sat there as a basically ticking time bomb waiting for them to find it. Um, the PSA went up, but the, uh, there's a physical exam called a DRE or a digital rectal exam where they physically go in, distract them, and, and they physically, well, mine felt fine all the time because as you say, it was hidden, and mine was in, was concentrated in the front of the prostate. So they could feel all day long, and there's not going to be anything there because it's on the other side of the prostate. 
man, that, I mean, it's, it's something, especially guys have to deal with. Um, we got to get that, that exam every time you're old, you got to go in, get your, your, uh, uh, exam. I just had mine and quite Good. frankly, yeah, I know. Right. I it was like, <laughs> I don't really want to do this because I'm afraid of what the answer might be. Okay. It's not about yeah. the a time or money spent. None of that. It's about the fear of what they may yeah. find. And you can feel, uh, any of, you know, like you can feel shock, fear, and anger, uh, when you're told you have prostate cancer, how did you respond? Actually, um, I felt quite relieved. I was at the point because after two years of searching and biopsies, I had a total, I think 64, um, they do six the first time, 12 and 27 and 18 on me. And I'll tell you, they are very comfortable, but they're needed. Um, and the more they do, the more they sedate you. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but, you know, and then having two brothers with it, I was certain I had it. I mean, there was no other reason for my PSA to, to go up like that. They talk about doubling every six months and, and sort, but I was more worried the prostate, uh, the cancer had gotten out of the prostate. And fortunately, it still had gotten out of the prostate. Yeah, I, I, I suppose, Mark, you know, having two brothers that had it, it, for you, it probably was just a matter of when they're going to find it. And when they don't find it, that probably created a lot of anxiety or worry because it's like, okay, you know, when's it going to show or is it going to show? Are they going to find it if I have it? And, you know, uh, so I, I, like you said, I think that that probably created some relief at a certain point that, hey, you know, they're able to locate it because, you know, if it was in a particular uh, place within your prostate that, that they wouldn't be able to feel or, or, or catch, I mean, that would have to be a pretty, uh, pretty scary thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, even though I'm a pharmacist and a healthcare, pilot, we all still go to our, everybody's doctor and that's, uh, Dr. Dr. Google. And you get more anxious at that point, you know, cause you find all this stuff and then you start joining Facebook groups and hearing the stories and it just gets worse, you know, cause you, you try to find those answers. Um, and, and the worst part is you think nobody else, no other man has had a, a PSA or any of that. And uh, the fact of the matter is the numbers are the same as breast cancer. Oh, so there are wow. as many men walking around with prostate cancer as there are women with breast cancer. Although 3% of breast cancers are male, but um, we're in good company. We just don't know it. Right. That's, you know, I've, know I've never thought about that, but probably... There are a lot of guys out there that have prostate cancer and don't know it. Right. Well, I think, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you talk about the exam piece of that. It's not a terribly comfortable situation. No, no. <laughs> you know? Thankfully, it's, <laughs> over, it's over in seconds. Right. You know, and so it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to go through that. But, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, being able to to really just say, okay, you know, I need to make sure that I have my health and that things are doing the things, you know, things are going the way they're supposed to be, right, right, right. you know, so I could see where people would, you know, <laughs> put that off or avoid that. Cause they probably have anxiety just based off the test in itself, the when, uncomfortableness. When, when my doctor was doing the digital, uh, uh, exam, the rectal mm -hmm. exam, uh, at that point, he felt it important to share with me that he's now retiring. I said, is it something I said? No, it wasn't. <laughs> you can't take that personally, but he's the first one to snap on that glove by golly. Oh boy. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Our, our guest, Scotty good. Um, Scott, yeah. you, you, if, if you feel they well, told me that, they told me at that first prostate exam or biopsy, the nurse Gladys was her name and some of the names is a bit older. And she said, now Mark, it's, it's going to sound like a mouse trap, you know, when that goes off that biopsy. Well, I'm here to tell you, when you're sitting there laying there and you're in the room and it's dark and that first one goes off, it's more it's more like a rat trap. <laughs> <laughs> and it's swing loud noise. Oh, we you, love you glass. You've never experienced it. You've never experienced it. And it's um, kind of different, you know. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, breast exams and uh, prostate exams, the whole social, I don't know, um, demeanor, how society accepts it, they accept breast exams like it's nothing. You know, there's, there's talk about and all that. Prostate cancer is about 10 years behind in the um, social acceptance that breast cancer was. 
I, I never would have thought. And and if you feel well, you still may find it difficult to accept that you have prostate cancer. And so that's the denial uh, step, much like Kira has before she opens up our microphones. <laughs> denial. Yeah, because I, 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 I had no uh, symptoms at all. None. And some of those symptoms are, you know, bleeding when you urinate or ejaculate or uh, painful urination. Uh, unable to go, you know, all those, and they aren't always signs of cancer. There could be other issues going on in a large prostate and such, and, and that's a whole other issue. But when you don't have symptoms, like you said, it's like, well, wait a minute, I don't have, how can I have cancer? Right. You know? Well, I think, I think even the, the Google uh, medical degree, Dr. Google, Dr. Google that, I mean, I think of my, my, my dad, you know, I mean, he has a very extensive Google medical degree. Uh, you know, anytime something comes up, he's Googling it. And then really? he's like, well, this is what the doctor said, but you know, I, you know, I went to Google and this is what, you know, and, and so I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not the, the only one, <laughs> you know, that does has that kind of medical degree. So I'm sure that, that, that takes part in it. You know, we're, we're able to talk about this now you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, the discussion would have been a lot more personal and less public. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Mark Good here on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to, excuse me, Talk Therapy, the Mental Health Show with Kira Jones sitting at the mother. Where where are you today? Are you you at the uh, the mothership? Uh, Whenever you say that, I think I'm like Captain Kirk. Like I'm on the exactly. Starship Enterprise. Exactly. I have I the con right now. So. You have the con. Okay. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's more with Nick Learhoff and Scott Casper right here on Iowa's 940 for St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Iowa, we're listening. I came to St. Gregory very reluctantly at my all-time worst physically, emotionally, and mentally. But I gave my best effort to these new things in my life as I saw hope in this complete approach. I'm at the point now that I feel my strongest and best ever, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I felt quite certain God was orchestrating everything. St. Gregory Recovery Center. Recovery starts here. Relevantradio.com slash St. Gregory. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Talk Therapy brought to you by our friends at St. Gregory um, recovery centers, you know, and I, I can't thank them enough. Do want to Brock's board and price of a hug, uh, onto the family. He's going to be taking your place. Yeah. And I don't want it to be like, well, we've got Scott, so I can't come in again this week. Right. So <laughs> no, I'm excited. I think he was fantastic when he was on the show the other, sure. the other day and said the I same thing about you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah Feelings uh, mutual. Big fan. If, if you guys don't mind. I want to chime in here yes, as please. the uh, Captain Kirk female <laughs> in the uh, kind of uh, discussion about, I know it's about prostate cancer and we keep on drawing parallels to breast cancer. Right. That is a strange parallel to draw. Why? It's, it's, it's not that it's not the same type of cancer. Cancer is cancer. Yeah. But I think that we need to take a moment and also tell women, hey, no matter what age you are, make sure you're getting screened. Right. Make sure you mm-hmm. get a pap smear. Even if your doctor, like if you're older, even if your doctor tells you not to or that you don't need them because that happens, mm-hmm. um, ignore them <laughs> and demand a pap smear. Um, I uh, had a great aunt who... They they missed that she had ovarian cancer. Oh, wow. right. Yeah, because she she stopped. didn't ask for the. She didn't ask, and her doctor said, "Well, you don't need them. You don't need them anymore. What are you doing? You're you're in menopause. You're seventy, or she was a little younger actually. Um, oh wow. So, yeah, she passed away. Yeah, I'm sorry. She she was a really great lady. Uh, she lived a very full life, but. Um, screened. <laughs> no matter what reproductive organs you have, get screened. Your life literally depends on it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I mean, that's that, that kind of boils down to the root of all of all this is, you know, that awareness and just being to being able to say, okay, I'm going to do what I need to take care of myself, even if the doctors, you know, it's kind of like I, I talked about my dad and that, that uh, Google medical, but, but, you know, it's your body and you want to make sure you have the proper screenings to right. make sure that you are are getting ahead of things before it, it gets that. How does this deal with mental illness or mental health? It can serve as a source of frustration, denial. It can serve as Mark, what, what were your initial feelings? Um, upon being di- diagnosed was it, were they positive? My, mine actually were positive. Yeah. Cause like I said, I've been waiting for, for so long and my, um, I don't know, character buildup is let's do it and get it done. Okay. Um, he gave, Dr. Gallagher uh, gave me the call and told me it's positive for cancer. Let's set up an appointment and come in. So I went in on that um, Friday. My wife was with me, and it's always important to take somebody else with you to talk about that. Yes. Because uh, you don't think of it. You don't, you're kind of like, he told me I had that and gave me some books and some options to do, to go talk to others and all of that about, you know, different option treatments, radiation therapy, seeds, and, you know, this is quite a few years ago. This is in 2013. So a lot has changed in the medical field in those eight years. But uh, I got up and I stood at the doorway and said I wanted to thank him. As I stood there, I thought, you know, I don't want to wait any longer. I've been waiting long for something. Start my treatment now. Removal of right. the <laughs> Yeah, let's do that now. Yeah. And Jeez. his nurse Candy at the time called around, and uh, by Monday afternoon, I was set up with a PET scan and all the other, you know, appointments that you got to do to get that done. That's, um, it's, it's, it's literally. It's like, you know, the one thing unique about prostate cancer is nothing has to be done tomorrow. Unlike, you know, colon cancer and all that, there's a lot more immediate need. Right. Um, so it was mid-November when I was diagnosed. I had my surgery on December 31st to leave that cancer behind me, leave that year behind me, leave all that behind me, and start the new year fresh and free on New Year's Day. Um, and that's what I did in 2014. You know, if you think about it, this is our human existence, our life. And we go through all of this. We're not alone. Uh, you may be feeling um, have feelings of denial. You may be having feelings of frustration or disappointment. The way you think about yourself and your plans surely changes almost daily. Um, and, and it's important to know that you're not alone. Okay. There are side effects, but what, what, what side effects did you experience uh, when diagnosed and, and receiving treatment? The, um, when, when they go through the prostatectomy, one of the things they they try to do is, it's called a nerve sparing. And there are two nerves that go that allow a man to have an erection. Um, and they try to spare those. And in my case, he felt one nerve he used was tacky. It didn't quite feel right. So I had one nerve removed. Um, still allows me to have uh, normal relations and all that. But it's um, some men aren't that fortunate with it, you know. Um, Urination is an issue because the prostate holds up the bladder, and so you leak. And for some men, that's a constant issue that never goes away. For others, it helps. They use Kegels, uh, you know, controlling the bladder over time and that. Um, So those are the physical issues that men run into with it. So we're talking like... It takes some time for recovery. Erection. You know, you're not not a spring chicken. (laughs) Erection, urinary and bowel troubles or problems, and um, then also coping yeah. with the uh, with these things can make you feel down or worried, right? Yes, yeah. You know, and they don't think about the bowels, but too, you know, when the treatment, you know, men um, may have radiation treatment, and that causes issues with the bowel. Right. Even as refined as it is, um, issues later. Um, you know, no matter what you do, there's going to be side effects. Or if you do nothing, there's going to be problems, too. Right. Hey, Mark, you know, I know initially when you, you know, you had that diagnosis, there was, um, I don't know if you'd say like a, a 
positive thoughts or uh, joy that they finally found it. Did you ever find yourself on the other side of that later on after it when you're going through the treatment or anything? As far as the you know the the mental health side effects of that feeling down or or irritable about that? Yeah, probably a month after surgery. Um, because like I said, I'm a get up and go type, get things done, let's hurry up, let's let's run it. And the process of healing is a lot slower than I wanted it to be. Um, and I wasn't ready for that slowness. I was ready to, um, I don't know, lack a term, get back in the saddle. Right. Um, and it's not. It's a slow healing process. And, and even if you're in your 50s, it's a slow healing process. Um, you know, one thing I want to... Uh, Captain Kirk was referring to it, referring <laughs> to breast cancer, that is the, the one commonality is that if mom has breast cancer, son is 50% likely to cancer, and if dad has prostate cancer, daughter is 50% likely to get um, breast cancer. And uterine cancer is also in there, and I don't remember the numbers, but it's because they're all hormonal cancers, and there's a cross-reference uh, to both. So if you have a history of, not only, you know, they ask you, do you have a history of prostate cancer? Well, no, but my mom had breast cancer. That's that's a, a, that's a marker. Mm-hmm. A red flag to get checked early. You know, when you talk 50 years old for a, a white male, um, that's fine if you have no history in that. And you may not know your history either. That's the other thing. But if you're African-American men, it goes much younger. And they're finding it young, younger men these days. Um, if you have one brother, it goes up 50%, one relative, I should say, um, blood relative, 75% if you have two, and 90% chance you're going to get it if you have three. Uh, wow. So yeah. knowing your family history, I, I worked with a lady whose husband had it, and the minute he found out, the first thing he wanted to do was to call his brother and tell him. And when he did that, the brother said, oh, I know that. He said, I had prostate cancer a year ago. He never bothered to, to pick up the phone and call his other brother. Call him. Mm. So men don't men don't share it between brothers. No, you're right. So, this is not uh, tech, typical locker room conversation, right? Well, I, I think there's a certain, like I said, just with the nature of it, uh, um, uncomfortability, uh, certain privacy that people have when they, you know. So, you know, I it's funny you know, talk about that brother never called the other brother brother to tell him, you know. And I guess you know thinking about that outside the box looking in, you know, you could see probably why. But man, that would have been that would have been nice, you know. <laughs> you well, know? I mean, when was the last yeah. time you were actually in the locker room? Well, that's true. Okay. Yeah, it's been a bit. All right, so we get, we got to take care of each other. Don't be afraid to express yourself or let others know what you're going through. Um, you're not alone. Again, I I go back on that. <clears throat> you're not alone. Yeah, and I'm really lucky. You know, there are some guys in groups that are, are having such a hard hard time with it. And it doesn't matter what stage it is, if it's, uh, along, if it's stage four prostate cancer or it's uh, gone to the bones and all that. Some guys handle it really well, and, you know, that's the other thing. They appear to handle it well, handling it well deep down um, and are cracking at the seams, but we don't see that. Mm. We don't know that. Well, I think, you know, Another man on a- there's something to be said about from obviously when you get the diagnosis, you have all the physical tests and things that right. you have to do, the operations, procedures, what have you. But I think there's something to be said about, I mean, because the whole point of the show is is making sure that we are supporting our mental health and, right. and, and, you know, being able to seek the appropriate help to even help you help someone process just the thought of, you know, any kind of, uh, diagnosis involving cancer, you know, prostate, you know, um, you know, colon cancer, you know, breast cancer, any of those things, you know, uh, men or women, regardless, you know, um, being able to have that extra support and have somebody you can talk to, to help process the, the mental health side of that, I think is crucial too. All right. Living with prostate cancer is what we're talking about. Prostate carcinoma can add serious physical and emotional uh, distress to anyone. And I get it. That's why we're talking about it. Stay tuned. There's more as we come to you live from our here in Des Moines. What is that? She's, she's telling me to stretch. Thanks. She's, I can only talk so slow. Okay. Kara? <laughs> anyway, do, do us a favor, stick around. Um, this program brought to you in part by our great friends at St. Gregory's doing things the right way. Um, you know, it's, it's a type of, rehab that uh involves 
spirituality. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing I was missing the most, the spirituality. And I see those posts on Facebook of, of uh, past residents and, and uh, people that are out there still struggling even after they leave. Right. But with St. Gregory's, you get an amazing support. So I'm going to invite you to check that www.stgregorycTR.com. Easy enough. Back after this. Stay tuned. St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show, will continue after this commercial timeout. The folks at St. Gregory were vital in helping me to get my brother into rehab. They were not only supportive of him, but of our whole family. They truly saved all of our lives with their love and kindness. Because of the hard work they helped my brother do, we regained a valued, healthy, and incredible part of our family. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory, setting the new standard for recovery. Welcome back to the show. It is Rehab Therapy, the mental health show. Nick Lairhaus, Scott Casper, Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership. We're talking about prostate cancer today. And a lot of folks disassociate or don't associate prostate cancer and mental health, but legitimately go, they, they go hand in hand here. You were talking about, uh, breast cancer and why if, if cancer is a big C. Okay. And it affects the entire body mind. And, uh, I tell you what, it's, it's difficult to deal with. I don't know how I would handle it if I was diagnosed. But thankfully, I'm, I'm I'm fully healthy, and uh, it's not a it doesn't run in my family. But my mom, my stepmom, had five different kinds of cancer. Five wow. brain cancer was the one that eventually took her. But it's not something I wish on anybody. Period. It's so uh, so emotionally difficult. Mark Good, our guest, uh, he's a pharmacist uh, for HIV in Osceola, Iowa, but he's also on the front page of. Um, a brand new edition of uh, uh, Cancer Today. Great. By the way, Mark, great pictures. Thank you. Thanks for... When, when you were contacted initially by the mission, by the writers, um, I'm, I'm sure your response was why I haven't done anything. I've survived, okay, uh, prostate cancer. But what you've done is raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. You've raised awareness, uh, for those that are suffering. You've raised money for, uh, research and, uh, and, and care for those folks that may not have the wherewithal to take care of themselves. Uh, so with that, and, and I know Nick joins me. I thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Mark, uh, you know, that was thank one, you. one of the questions I had is, you know, you're like, you know what, I need to do something. I need to create some awareness to put some things together to help others out there. And at what point did you decide to found the Prostate Cancer Awareness of Central Iowa? And how did all that begin? Um, the, kind of, um, the, the idea kind of came uh, to a couple of us in our group uh, that we worked with another national organization that thought, you know, we that we can help our um, fellow Iowans. And so then COVID hit, and of course the world came to a screeching halt and kind of put things on hold with it. But we were persistent in, in wanting to continue with this, and we're very fortunate. And um, one of our survivors, his wife is an accountant, and he's the mayor up in Gallery, um, town. And Terry said, I, I can help you out because they had all that paperwork and all that 501c3. Not, I'll, I'll take care of that for you. And it's like, that is such a gracious gift to, because that was a, one of the biggest hurdles we had to get over um, to get that started. Um, and then it was, and Dr. Gallagher of uh, Urology Center of Iowa was, uh, is, a, is and was and always will be 100% behind us and um, bringing this forward. He's joined our board, um, and we have survivors on the board, uh, anywhere from fairly diagnosed. Uh, six months, four months, I think it was, uh, to somebody who's 20-year survivor on the board. Uh, we have two females on the board who have a strong family history and a strong devotion to helping others. So 
those kinds of people behind you, those kind of people behind you, are really the uh, impetus to help this grow. And we're going to um, do great things. We really feel it. We're right here in Iowa. Our first uh, event is November 3rd, November 18th in Milwaukee. It's a free dinner hosted um, by us with uh, the support of UCI, Broadlands, Green State Credit Union has joined us. Um, uh, Stu Hansen is behind us to support us. Um, so we reach out to um, businesses and people to come out for a free dinner that night. They can just register with us. I like that. I, I'm, I'm glad that the community is rallying around your um, idea and your ideals. It's, it's terrific. Mark Good, our guest, not just a prostate survivor, but he's a founder of Prostate Cancer Awareness of Central Iowa, providing support and awareness to Iowans affected by prostate cancer. Um, I don't want the hour to go by so quickly that we don't give you a chance to uh, give out your website. Where, where can people find out more about you, Mark? Um, we're, we're still working on a web page. We're getting that. Um, but right now they can email me at PCA for Prostate Cancer Awareness, Iowa, the number one at gmail.com. So PCA Iowa one at gmail.com. Or they can call or text me at 515-570-4106. They can also find us on Facebook as well and message us there. Frustration and disappointment is uh, a big part of this whole thing. In other words, you're going to feel frustrated because you didn't know. You're going to feel a disappointment because you have been diagnosed. But it's the way you think about yourself, your life, your plans, Everything really gets turned upside down, right? I mean, it's the uh, upsetting the apple cart in a big way. Mark, can you talk about that? Sure. Um, you know, you're going along in life. Like you said, you're feeling healthy. Nothing's wrong with you. And um, the doctor comes in and says, you have cancer. And it's like listening to Charles You know, um, it really isn't. It doesn't sink in at first. It doesn't correlate to what all can change, what, what all is going to happen to change. It's your job, you know, the type of job you do and um, how you do that, um, the treatments you have to go through, how far are you. Um, you know, I had surgery. I had follow appointments and all that, but, you know, going through radiation treatment, some of these guys are going through uh, five days a week for seven weeks wow. for treatment, wow, yeah. six weeks, every day. Um, you know, and that, that's a uh, financial burden. Uh, that's an emotional burden. That's a psychological burden. Uh, and, you know, trying to manipulate your job and how am I going to survive that? It's a lot to handle. You know, we got uh, my son's wedding coming up. You know, how am I going to go to that? You know, all these other life events that are, that are continuing, that keep going on the continuum, and, and you're at a standstill your life because you're dealing with the cancer on this can also affect a relationship <laughs> let's let's say with your wife or your family um because you're questioning mm -hmm. you're you're questioning yourself and um that's where i have the biggest the, the biggest problem with that whole thing is that um it can be very disruptive of your attempts to be uh a part of a relationship Normal. especially with your wife mm -hmm. right normalcy Mm. Well, right. I think even uh, you talk about the initial shock, right? The initial shock of hearing those words, you know, right. um, and just the overall trying to process that a certain level of fear and anger, like a combination and goes from, you know, or, or like a ping pong back and forth of, of dealing with that information with right. dealing with that, that news and thinking that, man, you know, this you know, you got questioning your own, you know, mortality in a certain sense. You know, I think that brings a lot of, of questions to the table and, you know, um, you know, and the severity of the situation. I, I think about this often, and that is changing or altering your perception of your mentality. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so you're sometimes guys feel like uh, they feel less of a man when diagnosed and seeking treatment for something is very basic. It really truly is. 
cancer is is uh, pervasive in our and uh, I encourage you to be checked daily. Well, daily is a long time. That's a lot of tests. But I, <laughs> annu- annually, <laughs> not daily. <laughs> but if you're, if you're worried at all, please get checked. Talk to your doctors about this. It's such, such a important life uh, example of what we can do. Changing your identity, mood swings, uh, hormone therapy can emotional and down it can also cause mood swings such as getting tearful and then yet angry how about that I don't even understand that i'm an emotional guy to begin with okay i'll cry at the drop of a hat show me a a movie poster of a of, and movie designed to really end mm-hmm. but i'll start crying right away oh, you know it's just that's just me but if, if I've been diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, I'm not quite sure how, how I would handle it. No, I think there's a lot of people out there in the same, in, in that same boat. Yeah. you know, you talk about, um, bladder control and, you know, bowel control. When you have cancer, you lose control of life. You know, other people are in charge of you because you're going to, you got to be there for that gospel. You got to be there for the ration You got to be there for the people are telling you and, you don't have control all over that anymore. That's right. And for some men, that's huge. You know, um, and if, say you're the executive of a company and you're in charge of all this stuff, suddenly you're being told, do this, do that, do this. Control. And it's tough for some guys to handle. Others can handle it. Um, you know, part of the treatment with um, prostate cancer is hormone treatment that they get. Uh, Lupron is one drug that they use with it. And Guys do the whole swing thing, you know, back and forth, like you were saying. It's not uncommon for that. And there are different types of treatment out there um, that you may be confronted with should you uh, be diagnosed with prostate cancer. Our guest, Mark Good. Um, Mark, and I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this. I know we've interviewed several times before, but you have a passion for this. Where does that come from? just to make a positive difference in somebody else's life, I guess. And, you know, it's, it's giving back. Um, so what I'm very fortunate and blessed that, um, I was, I, Dr. Schmincke in Fort Dodge was long retired. I'm forever grateful for him for doing that PSA exam on me, the digital rectal exam for finding the cancer and getting that process started. <clears throat> Dr. Tracy in Iowa city who did the biopsy, um, of course, Dr. Gallagher here, um, I can't say enough about him and his group at UCI and how much they've helped us and helped me. And, um, it's, um, it takes a I team. I guess it all comes from that. Right? I mean, it takes a team of of uh, caring. Oh, God. Right? It's not just one person. It's everybody. All right, no. do me a favor. Uh, Mark, give me your website one more time before we let you go. It's... Uh, PCAIowa1 at gmail.com is where they can email me okay. or they 515-570-4106. Mark Good has been our guest. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the time. Now let's, I'm going to turn you over to our friends at Hy-Vee, okay? Because they need your services today right. as a uh, uh, pharmacist in Osceola, Iowa. Mark, God bless you. Appreciate the time. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for bringing this subject up. It's much needed. Yeah, nobody tells the story better than you. Uh, good. Great, great guest. And uh, we look forward to having him back on, uh, perhaps update uh, as his life. Uh, but it also raises awareness for the rest of us. So do me a favor. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. You're listening to TMHS. We're talking about talk therapy, TMHS.com. Stay tuned. More on 940. Stay tuned. Talk Therapy, the mental health show, is brought to you by St. Gregory's Recovery Center. St. Gregory's features individualized drug treatment programs with a personal and holistic approach. Enjoy private counseling in small groups attended by caring staff in beautiful and serene locales. St. Gregory's is evidence-based rehabilitation. Most insurance is accepted. Don't go it alone. Enjoy a high success rate with St. Gregory's Recovery Centers. St. Greg's, it's where science meets recovery. St. Gregory.com. 
I can't say enough about the staff at St. Gregory's who seem especially gifted to work in this field. They were so helpful and encouraging and will always have my gratitude. I made some very good new friends, a couple of whom I probably would not have made it through those beginning days without. Everyone and the programs at St. Gregory seem designed and placed in my life by God's perfect plan. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. All right, welcome back to St. Gregory, the mental health show. I'm Scott Casper, the mealy mouth Scott Casper. Uh, <laughs> Nick Learoff to my right. Kara Jones pushing the buttons, making it sound halfway decent. And we're talking off air, Nick, uh, about um, what Kira had talked about, and that is the relationship that we all have with ourselves in that you could have breast cancer, you could have uh, testicular cancer, it doesn't matter. Insert cancer here. Not literally. But the point is, um, you're not alone. There are people suffering with very cancer, and that's the C word. And uh, I actually hate it. I, I le- legitimately hate it. You know, I'm forgiving. Uh, I, have a, I have a strong relationship with our Lord. But at the same time, he's afflicted all of us with a certain problem, and that is called cancer. Well, I think, uh, you know, what you opened up with when you talk about that, that relationship with your physician or your doctor and how important that is. I right. mean, that's why, you know, you know, you think of we, I mean, we at St. Gregory's, we always ask care physicians, somebody that you work with, you know, day in, not day in, day out, but like work with on a monthly basis that knows you, your body, your health and the different things that you go through. So you can build that relationship so you can work together. So you have a much stronger um, collaboration or collaborative efforts towards your overall wow. health. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that, you know, Kira, you were talking about your, is your aunt, is that right? Yeah, my great aunt. Um, and on this topic, I'm going to, I'm going to get on a soapbox for oh, a second boy. here. Oh, <laughs> look at everybody. <laughs> um, this, uh, I'm, I'm no statistician. I, oh, well, <laughs> um, but there have been studies. I hate sure. using the term like there have been studies like well what studies there have been just hear me out for a second okay um it's very common for women who go to a doc for their symptoms to be brushed off as some issue yeah it's actually really really common and it's been that way for decades um you can go back i mean like we talk about you know Victorian times or whatever, right. like their ancient history. But you can go back to like those times. You can go back to just the sixties and like women who were having serious problems, they were just kind of brushed off as women problems. Um and that still happens. And it still happens with both white and black women, with black women more often. Um so Yes, have a good relationship with your doctor, but don't be afraid to be assertive with your doctor too. And and that's, that's what I so, mean by that, so right? Important. You just 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 to make sure we understand, like you know, when you have a of when you have a, a solid relationship with your physician, where you get to know each other and can work, you should have dialogue or the conversation of like, hey, so I do this test or whatever, and it shouldn't be you shouldn't feel like you're you're forcing the issue, right? You know what I mean? Exactly. You should be Absolutely. able to be assertive with your with your doctor. Say, hey, you know, I really just you know what let's just check this out. I know you don't, you know, but like the, I would just rather, you know, and I think, you know, for all those listeners out there, having that re- type of relationship where you can, can work together, like I said, as more of a collaborative approach than it's like, no, I want this and feel like you're forcing the issue. Feel like you're forcing something to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's we're crucial. all a part of a team, right? Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is team Casper, or team Learhoff, or team Jones, but we have to be a part. And, uh, I, I don't want to say a part, but, uh, in in an integral, uh, a part of the solution. That's what I'm trying to make. In other words, if you're not participating, the doctor's not participating. What? Is, okay, and and that's where the that's where scary comes in. It, it truly is. And I understand. You know, uh, some of our listeners may be frightened of it. My father-in-law, for example, was a prostate cancer survivor. Mm. It eventually took his life, but um, he was a survivor all to the end of his life. And, uh, I always marveled at this little guy that was so strong, you know, he was uh, a tremendous, 
uh, member of our family. He was a true patriot. Uh, patriot. Is that right? Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at today. It feels like <laughs> I'm walking through a field of cotton and my mouth is so dry. I'm, was I'm it on, just oysters, I'm, Scott? What's that? It was just oysters, right, that you, that, that you involved yes, in yesterday. Actually, it was. Okay, good. <laughs> well, there was some calamari involved, but uh, that wasn't That's my how they get you. Yeah, every I, time. I said, mm-hmm. to, I said to my buddy, I said, I'm taking it to dinner, and I can't remember the restaurant we're going to, but it's Boston. So we got there. It's called uh, uh, Django. 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 No, it's the D silent. If the, if it's silent, why are they even using it? Django. It's like uh, the movie, right? <laughs> it's yeah. exactly like the movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, great service. The food was exceptional, and it was eighty-seven dollars. Yeah, uh, you know, I could have gone to eight hundred one and had part of a pork chop for that. You know, right. But uh, anyway, we're talking about prostate cancer. We're talking about cancer as a, almost a metaphor for everything that we deal with in our, our search for positive mental health. And St. Gregory's is proud to pr- uh, provide this program to you. And so if you're worried about side effects upon diagnosis, believe it is great worry. If you have side effects like erection or urinary or bowel problems, then coping with these can also make you feel down or worried. I, 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 when, once I read that, I was like, well, we've got to talk about this, mm-hmm. Nick, because uh, our, our job is to talk about various types of uh, stressors, okay, that we have to deal with. And right now, coming out of the pandemic, or as some would say, to the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, face masking will be mandatory, I'm sure, will be mandated by the government. It's up to us to make that decision, but I'm fully vaccinated. How about you? You know, I actually am in the process of um, getting that done. I have um, basically going to get that scheduled here the next week or so and and uh, keep moving forward in that direction. Kira, are you fully vaccinated? I sure am. Yay! Woo-woo. And proud. Everybody go get vaccinated. Right. I'm not I, on the no, I don't. Th- 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 believe me. It's, you're being responsible, <laughs> okay? You're being responsible in the face of the one one hundredth of one percent that are out there that have gotten a little bit queasy or suffering from flu-like uh, uh, illnesses. Mm-hmm. Very few of those folks have ever died. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we need to take a look at what the science says, mm-hmm. and not Doctor Fauci's science, but what our scientists say and our medical professionals. I think it's really important to uh, uh, to be a part of the solution. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you even look at the the topic of you know prostate cancer today, but like really what you alluded to, Scott, before is like all the different stressors and triggers and things that cause right. mental illness or issues with mental illness, whether it be anxiety, depression, um, you know, uh, some of the symptoms we talked about before uh, within just prostate cancer, changing identity, mood swings, feeling or feeling alone. Right. You know, I think that we have to and I've talked about this before, like the community approach, right? right? You know, you think of like if some, when somebody gets diagnosed with cancer in like small town, like, you know, it, it, it is like a support, like a, a movement in a certain sense to rally around that individual, you know, um, to really help them overcome, you know, what's going on from the standpoint of the physical standpoint, but also just, you know, battling with that mortality, battling with, with, um, you know, the side effects of all the different treatments of whatever cancer the person's struggling with. I mean, none of us are immortal. Mm -mm. We have to battle against that concept that we are, uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, much that affects our lives can be taking years away from that love you wish to give your family. Mm -hmm. You, you have to take care of, and, and by the way, changing identity, if this is something fascinating, uh, in terms of uh, prostate cancer. Sometimes men say they feel less of a man because of their diagnosis and treatment. Some men feel that their role in the family has changed, and it might, uh, for example, because they've they've had to stop working. And um, being that provider is a heavy burden, but one that's enjoyed. In other words, we enjoy providing for our families. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't want to deny yourself that only because you didn't get a, uh, uh, a screening done by your doctors. 
So insist on it uh, from your uh, medical professionals that are in your life. Believe me, they're in the business of saving your life. That's why they became doctors and nurses. They want to help you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I think of what you talked about before, that changing identity and the, you know, men feeling less like men. I think that has a lot to do with some of the issues. We talk about prostate issues right. and, pro, you know, the sexual dysfunction and, and things of that nature. I think that's where that comes from. And I think that's something that that is a big part or a big chapter in this story that, that doesn't, it doesn't get a lot of airtime, you know. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of <laughs> it doesn't, you know. People don't really talk about these That's things right. that much, you know. And but I mean, it's so important, you know. I mean, you know, it's about that struggling or that 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 the problems that come with that and right. how that can mess with a person's um, stature or feeling well, confident cause, in themselves. Can, simple as it can cause mood swings, and you have no explanation why. Mm-hmm. Well, you might get angry. You might you might be sad whatever uh, you're feeling emotionally is okay. I mean, it, it truly is okay. That's again, you're not alone in that and it can create anxiety. Yeah. And I mean, that's where um, I talked about earlier in the show, like having health supports in addition to your physician, like your basic, you know, your not just a basic, but your general physician supports for all the different treatments from a physicality standpoint or the physical biological side right. of it, but adding that, uh, seeing maybe a counselor or a therapist to help you work through that diagnosis in a certain sense, to help you work through the anxiety and depression. Because what happens when we start feeling anxious and depressed, we start, there's issues with anger or fear, right? But that, that in itself, anger is only going to affect you, but the people around you, right? right? Your relationships around right you. So being able to have somebody, um, to help you through that process, I to have help an you through excuse. those emotions is, I have is an, crucial. I have an excuse, okay? Now for my wife, if I suffer mood swings, <laughs> it's a bad excuse. But if I suffer mood swings, it's, it, it's not always, um, you know, what you can see. In other words, the problem doesn't start with what you can see. It's a lot of times what you can't see. Herein lies the rub for this. We want you to please get checked. Have that conversation with your doctor. Prostate cancer is real and it affects you in so many different ways. For Nick Lerhoff, for Kara Jones, I'm Scott Casper. You've been listening to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much.